0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn some tricks and to up their game. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Adam Johnson. Dan is on uh, vacation this week, so I am manning the boards solo. Um, Wanted to give you a quick little recap of uh, my weekend, and then um, we are going to uh, be doing an interview with a friend of mine named Jeff Wright, who runs a group called, uh, riot out of Atlanta. Um, as well as doing some other stuff, he, you know, he's a full-time musician entrepreneur and, um, has some really cool, he's got a really cool approach to the, you know, to how he's kind of built his little empire. And, um, I think his insight would be super valuable, valuable for, uh, for all of our, all the guys listening. Um, so this past week, we, uh, members only got on the road and we played an event in Kingsport, Tennessee, which for, uh, for those of you keeping score, about a five hour drive from, uh, from Atlanta. Uh, it's an event that we've played before and, um, it was kind of cool. They, um, you know, they always kind of rolled the red carpet out for us and it was, it was a really, really great experience. And, you know, people were there to see us and, um, show went pretty, pretty, pretty well. Um we ran into a little bit of an issue with the production company. So we, we travel with our own front of house guy, um, just for, you know, continuity purpose and, you know, make sure that we sound as good as we can sound. And, uh, when we got to load in, um, kind of told the people who were setting up what was going on and, um, they were all good to go. And, you know, it really wasn't that big of a deal. And we kind of went about our business and then the, uh, the owner showed up and kind of, completely undid what, you know, we had already agreed to and, uh, was being a bit rude with everybody, including his own people, uh, about how things were supposed to go and just kind of rubbed everybody the wrong way. In the end, um, our front of house guy did what he does best, which is, you know, mix a killer show. And, um, the, uh, everybody there was kind of apologetic and even the, uh, the owner himself kind of had to eat crow a little bit. Um, because, you know, I, I in those situations, it's kind of a twofold deal. You know, they are trying to make sure that their gear isn't messed up by people who don't know what they're doing. And, you know, we're on our end, you know, production companies don't always hire the most competent people. And it, so it was, there was kind of a push and a pull there, but, um, in the end, everything worked out and everybody was happy. And, you know, we, we had a good show and everything, everything worked out fine. Um, and, uh, we traveled back the next day and we were trying to get a, um, like a routing date through, uh, Chattanooga and that whole situation kind of fell through. Uh, so our next event is this coming Sunday. Um, and it's another corporate event and should be good. Uh, July has been really busy for us. So things have been moving and grooving and we've got a little bit of extra money in the, uh, in the coffers. So we're in the process of kind of figuring out what to spend, um, a little bit of extra money on to kind of reinvest into the project and, uh, step up our, uh, our live show and, um, make things easier for setup up and tear down and that kind of stuff. So now that you're all cut up, Without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to myself and the interview with Jeff Wright of Riot. This week, I will be interviewing uh, my good friend, Jeff Wright, who is a, uh, a full time musician and entrepreneur and uh, runs a couple of groups, the most prominent one being the Riot Band. Uh, thanks, Jeff, for uh, for joining us this evening.
1: Thanks, Adam. And, uh, it's cool being on this, uh, first time I've ever done one of these podcast things is pretty cool.
0: Right on. So, um, what is your, what's your musical background? Where, how did you end up where you are right now?
1: Uh, okay. I'm going to preface this by saying some of this might come off a bit weird, but, um, so I started out playing in bars just like anybody else did. Um, I kind of got tired of it in a lot of ways. There's a lot of things that happened at some of the bars and I'm talking about the bar bars like the the dives the hole in the walls the yeah. um, pro- may or may not be a night fight somewhere in the night and smoking and tons of drinking all over the place and God knows what else so the, that's kind of the where I originally cut my teeth in playing these kind of bars in uh, in Gwinnett County um, and uh, it was uh, it was it was okay I mean I guess you, you pay your dues one way or another and you learn what you learn and then you move on so uh, that's pretty much where I started but even before that. I played in the jazz trio, uh, playing upright bass um, with my mom, actually, because she is a jazz singer. And uh, mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun. Same kind of stuff. Uh, smoky bars, late nights, and, you know, lots of uh, lots of interesting characters that come in and out of those places. So, yeah, that's pretty much my background.
0: Right on. Um, and, and just like... So you- you know, just let the people who are listening know, um, you do a number of different things. Um, you, you do, um, you know, the solo acoustic thing, uh, how many nights a week on average are you doing that?
1: Uh, anywhere between on um, the solo acoustic thing can all the gigs together end up being anywhere between five to uh, sometimes even 10 gigs a week. Okay. Um, the solo acoustic is about anywhere between 30 to 40% of it. You know, sometimes more it depends mm-hmm. on the week. It just fluctuates depending on. Uh, some, some seasons we have, you know, weddings and it's band season and nothing but band gigs. And then mm-hmm. sometimes it's just a solo acoustic during like the winter months and stuff like sure. that. Tons of private parties, weddings, that that sort of stuff. So gotcha. it, it changes.
0: So, um, tell me, tell me about Riot Band. Um, so well actually, let's back up a little bit. Um, let's just do a quick story of how you and I kind of ran into each other. So, um, members only had a, uh, had a wedding, uh, the, probably be, it was like middle of last year. It was almost just a year ago because, um, I got a notification that they just hit their first wedding anniversary. So, um, I needed a bass player and asked around and got your number and it was just kind of a transactional kind of thing. It was like, Hey, can you do this? And you're like, yes, I can. And then it just like in preparation, you and I just started like going back and forth on Facebook messenger and it kind of turned into this weird, like copacetic bromance, band leader, mind melt kind <laughs> of situation. Um, yeah. And it's funny cause while we haven't really worked together since that particular date, uh, you and I have been in communication pretty solidly ever since. So it was just kind of cool, like we just kind of like realized, oh, we, we kind of have the same sensibilities about certain things and, and you also have the kind of entrepreneurial spirit that um that it really kind of, you know, gets me going. So you're always a good person to bounce ideas off of. But um tell me about Ryan.
1: Sure. As I was I saying just before we move on from my last point, well, Adam, you're a really nice guy, man. And it's fun hanging in and getting to talk to you. And, um, and, uh, I think we kind of just air our grievances about, you know, being band leaders and what it's like, you know, probably a lot of what you talk about on your show, some of the ups and downs of doing this business as a business. Um, sure. that's pretty much what we've been talking about for the past year is like, Oh my goodness, this happened on this gig. And Oh mm-hmm. my goodness, this happened on that gig. And Hey, what are you writing on your, um, in your contracts to make sure that the clients are taking good care of you, that sort yep. of stuff. So um, it's definitely been a, a symbiotic more of uh it's, you know, and, and I feel it's, it's great because I think your band and my band are so busy these days. We don't really feel like any sort of level of competition. It's just like, Hey, let me help you out with this one thing that I learned, you know, through being yeah. in this scenario, that sort of stuff. So that's the relationship we've had over the year and you're at least, you know, up until this point. And yeah, you know, every now and then we'll, you know, yeah, this, this is where the- Oh, this song. is when
0: the relationship completely turns and it becomes completely adversarial.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So once this interview is out, everybody, uh, you know, anyway, but uh, yeah, so uh, so what we do with, uh, with the Riot Band is a um, uh, kind of a, we wanted to simplify the process. There's been mm-hmm. so many years where I've played in bands and um, having to take, you know, so much gear back and forth and having to set up and, and have to deal with all this drama and all the people. But I wanted to do a, a a three-piece group that was just as solid with other guys that play solo acoustic and and do their own thing and have their own, you know, sort of network of people that they work with and places that they've worked. And so everybody would 33.3% take on responsibility for the group. And that yeah. includes booking and Paying for the finances and stuff, and really, we already had all the gear uh, we could possibly ever need. As a matter of fact, uh, throughout the years, as we've been working, we start subtracting and subtracting and subtracting the gear mm-hmm. that we're using. Um, and, and I'm going to go ahead and let everybody else know. And all the drummers are probably going to be like, "Oh my gosh, I can't <laughs> believe this!" But
0: yeah, this is, this use, is
1: uh, yeah. So we went from full size drum set, you know, the microphones, uh, and then we started just doing the mic, micing the kick drum, and then we went to V drums. And then we went to like smaller V drums and we went to even smaller V drums than that. And now we're just using an Octopad with a kick uh, kick pedal and a hi hat clutch attached to it. So that's the full drum set now. And the reason being is is that we want to be able to get on the road, all four of us. You know, sometimes we'll add in a sax player or whatever to add the fourth. But if 99% of the time it's just the three of us, but we want to be able to get in the car, pack everything into a suburban sized vehicle, PA included, uh, all guitars, all cables, all mixers, all that stuff including drums and be able to hit the road using a rental vehicle and arrive at our destination or uh, say we need everything to be able to fit into overhead compartments or carry-on or your Southwest two baggage allowance uh, to the gig and we'll make Mm -hmm. sure that the client knows that they need to provide PA to some degree or they'll have to pay for production so when we arrive then we just basically just walk in and set up plug in and go. And uh, the sound guys love us for it because we're just like, all right, here you go. Um, we have like five channels total, sometimes <laughs> six, you know. And then here you go, and then uh, you know, just hit the bar and hang out for the rest of the night, and you know, do whatever you need to do, man. But we get this pretty much covered, so we try to make it easy on everybody. Um, so yeah. Riot's right, basically just the the uh, the child of frustrations, or the or the birthing of why we did de- why we do it is more or less because we've been so frustrated dealing with other things. Um, and mm-hmm. I've worked with of musicians who bring way too much gear i can think of one in particular that you and i both know and no matter what level the level of pay is or what level the gig is it's has to bring four or five guitars and make a whole rack of stuff and a full set of you know a full half stack of amps and it's just too much stuff so it's just really the like i said it's just we wanted something simple easy uh simple that we can set up and tear down and no time at all and and uh just be able to you know make our money and go
0: yeah Typically uh on the weekends I get messages from Jeff where it was like we were on the road 19 minutes after uh after last note um they literally it, it I, they could not have less gear on stage like this is it's been one of those things where it's like you know, he'll ask me a question about something and then, you know, a piece of gear goes away and then another piece of gear goes away. And now it's, I mean, they're about as sparse as, as they can be. Um, but it's just a lean, mean operation. Um, and it's, it's cool that you mentioned, you know, s- different people have different kind of dynamics as far as their band goes, but you guys are literally like a 33.3% of, like equal, you know, setup. So, you know, you make certain calls and, you know, the drummer makes certain calls and the guitar player makes certain calls, um, that, that equality is definitely, um, would you say it's a, it's a motivator for the other guys in the group?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, there's times where, I mean, you know, life hits and stuff like that, but we also have uh, a slew of backup guys. So there's uh, two or three of me, and then two or three of the drummer, and two or three of the, you know, the guitar player. So, um, and and just so I let everybody know, I play bass in this group or I play guitar depending on the night. Um, Sometimes we'll hire a a bass player and I'll play lead guitar. Um, So I shift the instruments, you know, whatever makes sense for what I'm doing in that night. Sure. Um, But my setup is is very simple. I know you guys are using, um, uh, well, you know, to answer the question, So yeah, it does motivate to a certain degree because one person putting out all the work and doing all the booking and stuff like that, especially if you have a day job and other things going on in your life, that's just too too much for one one person to handle. Not to mention it's a... you know I don't know how many of you guys are in bands and one guy lives in this city in this state and this other guy lives in this city in this state that's you can cover a lot of ground when you separate the labor of finding the gigs and booking the gigs and moving on from that so yeah. um, it uh, it has helped um, some of our guys are better at doing other things some things than other, I mean I, I hate to be one but I have uh, the guitar player that we're using is is way better with clients than I am and and by a long shot I mean yeah. I, uh,
0: <laughs> I know that. I'm was- usually
1: in between 10, 10 or 11 different things so when they end up making a phone call and I'm just like, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really sorry. We're gonna have to cut the conversation short. I got to get back to this other thing I got to do, and, and he, um, this is all he does, and this is all I do now. But, um, I still have my other. Uh, I started another company for other reasons. And that's kind of what I've been doing. So I usually get tied up with one thing or another, but he is, yeah. this is all he does. So he has, you know, he can devote full attention to these, these clients. And sometimes your clients will ask you, you know, 10 or 11 phone calls deep and 25 emails deep and, and Hey, can you meet me here so we can check out the venue? And Hey, uh, I was thinking maybe we need to change this one song up or we needed that, you know, it's, it's always an, a nonstop, uh, you know, some, some clients are like a nonstop, uh, conversation all the way to the day of the gig. Yeah. So.
0: Right on. And, and and yeah, like you're saying, like each guy kind of plays to their strengths, but you know, you split the load across, you know, across the, uh, the other members of the group. Um, So what is your primary market um, with, uh, with Riot Band?
1: Oh uh, yeah. I mean, some of these, you know, bigger cover bands are, are asking for a budget that's, you know, pretty large. Um, and we kind of fit because we're three piece, we can still kind of get what we need, but not actually just, you know, beat the, the clientele over the head with, uh, whatever. I mean, we're, we're, we're in the competitive price range of some of the other bands out there and I'm not really mm-hmm. worried about it, but in the event of, Hey, the client says, we really, really want you guys to do this event and we really want you to do it. And Hey, just letting you know it's on a Tuesday and we can cut the budget down just a little bit, you know, and, and we can work with our clients on that. You know, if we, uh, cause we are just three people and not five. Yeah. I know Adam's band is a uh, five. I guess sometimes if you have keys, that's six, right? Yep, yeah. Plus sound. So plus sound. Yeah. So you yeah. have a, you have, you have a full boat and, uh, and that sometimes can keep, uh, keep you in a price bracket that maybe we can fly just under, um, and, you know, being three guys without a sound guy and, um, uh, everything's, you know, it, it just really depends on that. So, um, our market would be, I guess we're, Adam is more of a less a uh, make sure the songs are true to form and, and more of an experience, you know, band. Uh, and us, we're just, you know, sometimes we're just background in, in some cases, and I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. You know, we, we're doing, a, uh, if we do a corporate event and it's there, we're there um, as the entryway as people come through and they get that, you know, that entertainment on the way through. And then they go into a full conference mode for an hour and a half, then they don't see us and we're packing up and we're on our way home. Sometimes that's just the way the gig mm-hmm. is. Um, so we fill in. We fill in a lot of uh, gigs that, were we're just more or less um, not the center of attention, but sometimes can just be part of the augmentation of the atmosphere. So, like
0: you guys are are doing gigs like I didn't even know existed. Like I have seen on the past couple of months, you have been playing grocery store openings. Like I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know that, that was a thing, but like you guys are like crushing, of course, right now.
1: Yeah, of course, the uh, the Win dixie gig. Yeah, uh, I, I I can't ever uh, it, its level of embarrassing. I, oh, I guess I won't say that because it, it's a company. It was a huge it was a huge opener for all the employees and all the people and all the shareholders got together. And it was a kind of a blowout for a store opening. And um, yeah, and it was Win dixie and it was weird. But yeah, that's just a corporate, you know person who was looking for something just different you know they could have hired a dj and and a bouncy house and they could have done all this other stuff but they hired a band instead to get the community you know involved in what they were doing and that's and that's that's another thing is to be able um as i mentioned everybody in the band uh does work originally or or basically work separately doing their solo stuff so Mm -hmm. the repertoire of this guy's 250 songs and my 250 songs, and this other guy's 250 songs, you blend that together in one big pot. And now the band can play literally almost 500 songs. So, um, you know, we have, uh, in in the instance of like, Oh, well, I'm not really necessarily familiar with that song, but anyway, I digress. Let me get back to it. It's the, uh, we can go to a client and say, Hey, let's help you mold the image of what you want this, you know, event to be. And, uh, and more or less, even as a, as a company standpoint, it's a lot of, they're, they're real conscious of the brand and they're trying to make sure, you know, so they may want more of the, the family type stuff that, you know, we have on our list mm-hmm. and, less of the party, you know, I wouldn't go to the Winn-Dixie and and open up, uh, open up with some gangster rap. It just wouldn't be a thing. It'd be a grand closing after we're done. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, (laughs) so we, uh, we, we keep it, uh, we keep it just, uh, you know, flexible for our clients, but yeah, we have done, um, we have done a lot of grand openings for, um, smaller, I wouldn't say smaller places, but weird places.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's just being the weirdest. I'm always just blown away because, you know, as far as as far as musicians go you guys are about as busy as anybody that i've ever i've ever run into and it's just it's it's so it's so awesome to kind of like see how flexible you can be and just the where where you're willing to go in order to kind of like build your brand and i feel like you know one of the things that i that you guys have done a really good job with is the way that you target and brand yourself um kind of directly and indirectly. So I know that you guys have done, you know, a, a couple... Your promo videos have been updated this past year. You've revamped your website. And you've also started this other thing that isn't necessarily Riot-related, but it features all the members of that band. Can you tell us a little right. bit about that?
1: Okay, so I, I decided... I got another thing uh so riot was a was a, a production of or level of frustration from working in other bands and other venues and 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 working in the in the circuits that we didn't want to work and dealing with the people that we didn't want to work with uh, musicians we didn't want to work with so riot was the birth child of that in the same vein we hired uh, several videographers in the first few years of doing what we did and we hired several photographers that just didn't see the image that we had in mind and so i started a production company um, basically doing Primarily video for other artists and um, other you know products, and I see things from both sides of the stage. So uh, what we do is my guys will show up with uh, two or three cameras. Um, so we'll we have you know, pretty state of the art gear um, since we're we're always we're making enough off the music uh, to finance the other product the other level of what we're doing. So we're no slouch with the uh, the gear load and what we're bringing in um and we set everything up to where we can get the image out for the person that we're working for so the person says hey i've i've hired other video guys in the past and we end up getting just this one camera in the back of the room handheld and the audio is not good and da 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 well because we're always already musicians ourselves we understand what we want to see on our video like what what would i want in my promotional video what would i like to see as far as um you know what? What what is a booking agency when they take a look at this video? You know, I want the message to be clear and concise, and in thirty seconds or less, I need to make a decision whether I'm going to book you for a couple thousand dollars as a band. You know, I want to. You know, so I I I I kind of approached it like that, and so um, my guys have basically we've we've switched gears from necessarily booking the band because. The, the band is booking almost on autopilot now. So we're changing it over to building this other brand, which is video production and uh, audio production. And, uh, you know, we, so we, we made pinnacle audio, uh, audio and video. Uh, and now it's pinnacle media group. Cause now we're getting into even more things, which is products, sometimes food, we do food photography sometimes. So it's always just a grab bag of different things, but we, we approach it with the we want to have the best audio we want to have the best video that we can get and we want our clients to have exactly what they need out of uh you know when they're trying to make their statement to the masses so that's what pinnacle media is again another birth child of uh, frustrations with not getting what we've ever wanted and, and and finally just saying well if you can't you know you can't get it from somebody else might as well do it yourself kind of mentality
0: Right. So basically, you know, you guys went to the, you know, we're in the situation where, you know, this wasn't working. And it's just that kind of entrepreneurial like mindset that's like, if I can't find what I'm looking for, screw it. I'll just make it myself. Um, Exactly. And, and, you know, I have actually name dropped you guys personally on the uh, the podcast before because uh, you guys have done work for us and um mm-hmm. you do good work and i've you know i, I definitely recommended you to uh, to our listeners uh, because you do you know you you do great work and you know what you know bands are looking for um and you know even beyond you know going into you know those are both kind of like money-making you know entities that you have created to kind of you know i mean you're basically you do this full-time right
1: Right, right. Between the video and the photography, we do graphic design. Um, And then after that, we have the band and then the solo work on top of that. So all those things together. uh, Yeah, that's full time work right there.
0: Right. But you also created another thing where it's just kind of like an excuse for you guys to uh, it's I mean, it's it's free advertising, I guess, on your end, you know, outside of time. But can you um, can you tell the, uh, the listeners about couch jams?
1: Sure. Okay. So, uh, we made couch gems is kind of another, uh, another solving a problem. We had a, uh, a couple of clients who were looking for, you know, I've always seen companies who say, Hey, we've got our brand new, let's, I'll just throw it one. Verizon says, Hey, we got our brand new promotional item. And then we want to put out our brand new phone and then here's our live stream where we're going to announce it. And then they have this cell phone in the back of the room. It's just, to me, it's just like, I, I, I understand the professional level of what you're trying to do here. And I'm watching this and it happened. And, um, you know, even Guitar Center, since we're all musicians here, I'll use Guitar Center. Guitar Center wants to advertise their brand new Helix. OK, so they use a cell phone video of it. And then there's this guy going through all the presets of the Helix and he's doing all this stuff on a live stream. But the quality is just not anybody who would watch that would say, there's no way I'm going to buy that product because it, it sounded terrible. And I know, uh, you know, Adam runs uh, helixes. We all know they sound great. Everybody knows they sound great now, but if you were just the first person going across the guitar center's Facebook page and looking at that and say, man, that just, that's not for me. That's not going to work out for me. That doesn't sound good. You know, and if you were already skeptic about it right now, it just swayed you away from a sale. So we yep. made couch gems is an education point to say, all right, how can we get the best sounding live stream? So as, uh, as a trial and error, We've been trying different things and sometimes it's it's more or less for fun because we get done with our our weekend of uh gigging. Uh, you know, sometimes Saturdays are three shows. Um, and then we have one on Sunday and then we pack everything up and on Monday we kinda like take a day to just like be humans. Uh (laughs) and then Tuesday morning is when we usually shoot for couch gem. So about eleven AM, everybody's knocking on the door and I'm still a zombie from the weekend. Everybody's still a zombie from the weekend and we're chugging um, <laughs> caffeine and mixed in with, uh, with throat coat tea to turn around and be able to produce the show. And what we'll do is we'll call an, uh, a guest and we're basically just doing it as a um, we're tweaking this and we're tweaking this doing one minor change here and another minor change here to basically learn the art of doing the best live stream we can do. And um, in certain cases, uh, you know, some, some cases, you know, I just get to that point where it's just like, uh, I've had enough work this week. Let's just put the thing on. So, um, uh, but couch gems, yeah, is a birth child of, of trying to figure that out. Um, so, uh, another one of the services that, that pinnacle is, um, offers would be, uh, premium live streaming services. And I know it sounds like something that like, Oh, well, it seems like you just use your cell phone and stuff like that. But if you are the person who's trying to sell a product, you don't want your clientele to see a mediocre to poor you know bad audio bad transmission of product and uh you know the overall company can be tarnished by you know not taking care of those points
0: right and also in the meantime you're playing using you know maybe a special guest but the the base lineup of your band and you're doing these live facebook broadcasts of your band doing what they do so it's you know you're still advertising for the product that you're trying to sell while you're also you know you know through trial and error, you know, acquiring new skills and and new techniques to, you know, better sell that product down the road. Um, So, yeah, I just wanted to bring that to, you know, just mention that.
1: Yeah, couch jams is a lot of fun for us. It's kind of just like our, our fun thing that we're doing right now, but we are using it as an education point. And um, again, the difficulty here is, is there, I mean, I won't go into the nerdy side of it or anything, but there are some serious restrictions when it comes to, like, you can't take the nicest music gear you have and then hook it up to your computer and expect it to work in live streaming. It right. doesn't work that way. So there's a lot of hurdles with that, uh, which really are the, uh, um, we figured out almost pretty quickly, but um, I could guarantee you that, you know, if, if you were to try to go and take the nicest thing say, you go buy your, your brand new Apollo interface and you plug it into your computer and you're like, Oh yeah, I'm going to do this. This is going to be the best sounding thing you've ever heard. And then you get to the point of like, start the live stream and it just does not work. Um, and there's a lot of driver issues with that. Even if you're in Mac or PC, there's a lot of issues with that. So it was a, you know, it's been a lot of learning curve and stuff like that, but yeah. Uh, so couch gems is definitely a, um, um, a thing that we do and, uh, we want to eventually make it to a level of, um, something maybe we could do like a tiny couch or mm-hmm. maybe like a tiny, tiny desk versus, you know, tiny couch or something like that. basically small concert series. And it gives us the opportunity. Again, we're working with, uh, producing, you know, um, um, material for, um, i guess original artists now uh, yeah. promotional videos for original artists and it's a good way for us to connect with them on a, on a not so serious level like hey why don't you come on over and we'll jam out a few of your songs and we'll rehearse them once or twice and we'll just do it but yeah the guys in the band are all about it and it's a lot of fun so yeah check out couch jams it's, it's it's cool especially if you're in the atlanta area send me a, a drop a line and if you want to swing by and, and add yourself to the roster of uh, we've done about i guess about 30 of them now and um, I can't say any of them have been less than a couple thousand views, so it's it's been it's been building slowly.
0: Yeah, we'll go ahead and drop a link to uh, your Facebook page in the show notes. And it's funny you were mentioning talking about like you know technical limits to uh, to this whole process. You know, I Jeff's setup at home is is pretty significant as you could imagine. And um, in trying to set up to have this conversation this evening, he realized that his fancy, uh, interface and his really expensive microphones, none of that worked. And so he's currently using a, you know, a $12 Logitech headset microphone that you, you know, play Xbox on, uh, to record this interview. So, uh, it's, it, it is a never ending process of, uh, of learning how this stuff works. So, um, so yeah, I just wanted to, um, I just, I've, I, I've always appreciated your approach to things and, um, he, you're always a good sounding board for, for me, because, you know, in, in my, in my world, I'm always trying to go bigger and more elaborate. And, and you're, you've always been the kind of voice in my head that's like, do, you know, don't do that, do less, you know, (laughs) not necessarily do the bare minimum, but like work efficiently. And I've definitely heeded your advice at some times and, and not listened at other times, but, um, it's always been, it's always been valuable. And I figured that other people would, uh, would appreciate, uh, any insight that you have. Um, So in, as we're kind of wrapping this up, um, if there was one piece of advice you could give to, um, a cover band musician looking to either start a new project or kind of take their project to the next level, based on your experience and what you guys have been doing and how successful you've been, what recommendations would you have?
1: Keep it simple. I mean, that's a, that's not. And you know anything? I'm. I'm, It's not prolific or anything, but you know, in my mind, is a guy who shows up with uh, guitar players. I'll I'll put you on the spot here for a second. Guitar players, if you bring 30 pedals and one thing goes dead on your show, uh, small patch cable because you have all this gear load that you're bringing around with you, and one thing fails, now your your entire big event, that big event you've been preparing for all week, uh, now just went down the trash because of this one technical thing in your board. So you know, I mean, if you have to. Take out some of the materials in order to make sure that you have a stable product. Sometimes that's just a decision you have to make. And in the end, I'll be all it's about making music and having fun. And, uh, you know, when you guys are setting up and everybody has to bring in 12 or 13 trips from the car and it takes 45 to an hour just to get the stuff set up. And then you have to do, you know, sound check for another hour and a half what do you, what energy do you have at the end of that run? You know, so I always tell people to keep it as simple as humanly possible. It doesn't have to be, you know, um, anything too crazy. Um, the drummers, you know, if no sensibility to bring a double bass drum unless you're doing, and I, I mean, like I don't see reason to bring two separate, you know, kick drums for an event. Although I've had, I've, I've hired guys who have brought, you know, kits that are 20 to 35 pieces. And I'm just like, you know, this is a, this is a very simple kind of level gig. We're not, we're not playing, you know, the, the giant big stage here. So let's just not, you know, play it to the gig, keep it simple, um, you know, to, to end up, to resolve the, what I'm saying is keep it simple. And, uh, you know, um, it's, it's about having fun and the more things and the more moving parts that can fail, uh, can take you out of your event. You know, if you're in the middle of the, the pinnacle, the highest part of your show and your microphone dies and you don't have a backup or, you know, you see what I'm saying. Keep it simple. Yeah. Make sure you have a good time and, and don't kill yourself you know um you know bringing all the stuff that you'll need so that's that's all i can really say um you know, the faster you set up the faster you guys get to having a good time and, and if those of you guys want to hit the bar you know 10 minutes after you show up that you can't you can't obviously do that if you're setting up you know two and a half hours worth of gear so there's all that
0: good stuff man um yeah. so yeah jeff thanks so much for uh for coming on and uh Sharing some info with us, and uh, we'll we'll put your uh, the links to all of your projects in the show notes, and uh, I appreciate you, and I hope yeah. everybody else does too. <laughs>
1: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on the show. And then for the first podcast, I hope I didn't talk too much. It's easier to kind of ramble on when there's nobody. Like you know, I don't know. It's just this is how I talk to Adam mostly anyway. Because we just you know built us friends for so long, so it just feels like I'm just talking to you as a friend. Yeah. I just you sometimes you forget that other people are going to be listening to this. So hope I didn't ramble on too long.
0: No, nah, man, you're good to go. Um, but we're good. Thanks so much, man. Thank you. And there you have it. That is my uh, conversation with Jeff. Right. Uh, you can check out all of his stuff on, uh, on Facebook and I will include the uh, links to his website, uh, as well as for Pinnacle Media Group in the show notes. Um, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, we will be happy to, uh, have Dan back. We've got a couple of uh, emails that have come in this week that we can uh, dive into uh, and we can always take more submissions if you want to email us at coverbandconfidential@gmail.com. gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, but I'm going to call it for tonight. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Adam Johnson and you have been listening to the CoverBand Confidential Podcast, episode 17. Have a good week.